Welcome, Mammothist, to the Bartcast. You're getting, uh, this is the first ever smudging on the show. Thank you, thank you. You should have let a, me know. My smudge is over there. We got a little crystal ball action, a little galaxy on Orion's belt. Beautiful. And then a podcast with Amethyst wouldn't be complete without. Oh, yeah. Ah. We're here on Crystal Talk with Amethyst Star. Yes. Crystalline. What crystal, what crystals are moving you today? What crystals are aligning your chakras? It's funny that you asked that because last night I did a, um, I guess you'd call it a visualization. And I tried to bring in the energy of like a white light, you know, pure white light. And it came to me in the form of diamonds diamonds i saw one diamond and it had all the prisms and like the rainbows in it and then more diamonds and more diamonds until they filled up my entire house and it was glowing brightening up the whole neighborhood with all these diamonds so i fuck with diamond diamonds yeah yeah diamonds perfect crystalline structure it's pretty amazing i uh i feel like diamonds get a bad rap at least for me. Uh, yeah. Cause I feel like they're so kind of played out as being like the stone. I've always been a Ruby they've, man myself, but they've then, been colonized. They've been yeah. refined and colonized and stripped of their sacredness. Geometry. Is sacredity, is sacredity a word? Sacredness. Is sacredness a word? Wait, yeah, I think there is. Wait, there's a better umbrella. You're the words guy. Come on. Uh, sanctity, maybe? Sanctity, their divinity, let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, I remember a couple years ago looking at someone's wedding ring, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, I get it. Like, the way that it catches and reflects the light back. Um, That's why I say they get a bum rap, because I think that there's all, with like, the rap videos and the balling out and the wedding jareds and even like the blood diamond you know leonardo dicaprio movie such a big deal about diamonds but uh you know there's so many other stones out there too that are worthy of uh of the dragon mind you know like like they use diamonds to cut all of those other stones they're the cuttiest stone Welcome to the Bartcast. Do- yeah. Welcome okay. to the Bartcast. We have What's your here- stone? What's my stone? Yeah, you said a ruby. I've heard a lot of different claims as to the Sagittarius stone. You know, I think turquoise is like the I don't know who gets to say what stone is which month or whatever. Um, but I think Labradorite is my favorite of all the stones. Yes. Uh, I should have worn mine. Do I have any? I feel naked right now without a stone on my chest now that we're talking about it. Here we go. There's some Labradorite for all you out there. Wedges. I heard a myth, the internet fact, maybe we could call it. Okay. um, That Labradorite uh, is not from. Planet, planet Earth. I mean, I guess nothing's from Earth, but um, 
I guess because it's only found in like one or two places on the whole planet. They think it was like a meteorite situation. Yeah, it's from the Labradorius cluster. Mm -hmm. I think Labrador is in Canada or something. It is, but you know that the meteorite came from the Labradorius cluster in uh, that's Uh, on the the edge of Tittleman's crest. Um, You know, a lot of people (laughs) don't, there's a conspiracy out there, you know, to try to suppress the truth, you know, which is that, you know, if you look at the, the radioactive impact crater, the glass radioactive glass, you know, they thought that Labradorite has been in circulation for 10,000 years, but now there's new findings that have shown that it goes way deeper than that. I have some websites I could send you some links if you want to do your own. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's going deep. We're getting deep on this one, yo. Um, mm, deep earth. Deep earth. Well, Amethyst, I'm so glad that you're back on. The Bartcast yes. on this auspicious Monday. So much has changed since the last one. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you I'm feel sure. changed? I'm sure I do. How long is it? Has it been like two years? You were like one of the first guests. It was 2020. 2020. I was just about to start recording my EP. That's right. And we were in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Locked and loaded. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that feels different today is... I'm talking to you on the first warm day of the year in the Bay Area. It's like suddenly mm. like 70 something out right now after being cold and rainy for so long. It's like, I'm like trying not to sweat up in here. It's just a little dewy glisten, you know, you that's know, in right little, now. That's apple. Mm-hmm. See, people pay a lot of money for that. Uh-huh. Like co- cosmetics. What's the what's the uh, climate like in New Orleans at the moment? It's been perfect, perfectly gorgeous. Last night, a little. It's been like, uh, like seventy five to eighty all week, maybe week and a half even. And then last night, a little bit of rain came through, and so it's going to be kind of colder for the next week and a half, which I'm not looking forward to. As you can tell by how I'm dressed, <laughs> this is my preferred, yeah, outfit. Well, you saw me earlier. What my preferred is, but you know, for propriety's sake, we won't we won't talk about that. I'll keep my button up on. Um, can you give me some snippets? I've been thinking about the ways that I want to ask you about your Mardi Gras experience of 2023. Mardi Gras, and it's kind of. You know, I've never been to one. I've experienced it second or third hand through, you know, transplants, words, and going to celebrations out here. So it's kind of impermeable from the outside. But just wondering if there's, if you can give me like, is there a moment that comes to mind that you think kind of encapsulates, you know, your experience this year? Can you give one me moment or two uh, or seven? I'm just, you know. I think Mardi Gras season is one long moment, the whole thing. Um, Somebody had described Mardi Gras Day uh, to me as as a day when the entire city is on the same frequency. Everyone's on the same frequency, and I never thought of it that way, but 
it's really true. And that's why it's so special. We're on that Mardi Gras frequency. Mm. So it's, I don't know, it's just really special when an entire city can be on the same plane. When does that ever happen? You know, it's so hard to organize people. How does that, um, so, yeah. how, how did that manifest? Like, how do you see that manifest in, you know, in your experience? I had a great Mardi Gras. I don't know what everyone else was doing, but I'm sure they were having a great time too. And Mardi Gras day is, um, is the last kind of like hurrah. It's like the, <sighs> after a month and a half of carnival season. So in that way, it's kind of sweet and wholesome. I feel like for the most part for me and for a lot of people that I've discussed with, um, it's not like a big rager in that way. Cause we've been fucking raging so hard. So it's kind of just like a, ah, let's look at the bubbles and let's look at the sunshine and let's like twirl around and look at everybody's costume and watch the friend parade go by. So it's just like, you're seeing everybody, every, every, everybody is out and about. So you're just like running into them and their Mardi Gras persona and they're getting to experience you and your persona because everyone makes their costumes and everyone is, they've decided who they want to be on Mardi Gras. So you're not you, you're like whatever version of you is gonna enjoy themselves the most, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I don't want to like be in charge of uh, conceptualizing Mardi Gras. <laughs> that seems like um, I feel intimidated by that, but I will say I was a cloud. I was a cloud for Mardi Gras, a cloud in the sky. And, I had the best time. I was the happiest little cloud ever. And I would walk past people. I had a wand that had like streamers on it and this little cloud puff. And I just, all day, I was just walking down the street like that. And people would come up to me and they'd be like, and they'd be blown by the cloud. And I made like a little hat and, you know, the whole outfit. And I, I even painted and made a pair of shoes, like, I did everything. I made a little purse. I had my wand, like I said. I, it was great. It was so, so happy and sweet and just like spirited. Maybe okay. is the word. Did you that make was it my rain? No, it wasn't a rain cloud. I was get, like happy. Did you get people asking you to make it rain? Nah, but I did see it was so nice running into all the other clouds that were out and about because we'd see each other and be like, oh, cloud and then we just like see our brethren and then i saw the mother cloud i found her okay she was huge she was all so fluffy and i heard there was a father cloud out there but i i didn't get to find him but so that's it's just like all these unexpected random just little encounters that you have throughout the day there's no plan you don't be like i'm gonna hit do this 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 and that like at least for me, it's like you kind of pick a starting point. Maybe I'll share my location with some people, but if it happens, it does. And if it doesn't, whatever. Um, yeah. Do you, when you're going out on these days, do you have a just destination in mind or a route that you're taking or how do you on Mardi Gras day? Yeah. Like how do you, uh, do you have any sort of method to, to the madness of experiencing it? Well, 
the season before, um, there's all these balls and stuff and events. So you're like, I'm going to this ball and I'm going to that ball. And so those all have themes and kind of a vibe. But a Mardi Gras day, it's just like some people get up at dawn with the very first parade. And that's another reason why it's sweet because it starts so fucking early. Mm. Like I'm, I usually try to be up and out of the house by like 830 because I, I haven't been able to catch the Skull and Bones parade, which starts, they go through the Treme and um, like the voodoo priestess, priests and stuff. Like they go and wake everybody up throughout the neighborhoods. And it's a really cool parade. Um, I haven't caught that yet, but I usually start, you know, like St. Anne's or something and I'll kind of be in that area. But then, I don't know, maybe I won't even see that parade. Mm-hmm. there's really you just life it's has like one big ideas. party yeah that's awesome is this um is this earring can you hear it hitting the thing okay cool. i think apple has uh has iterated out of the earring connecting i think there's an app that solves for that or something right right got the latest update i like that we can just see the corner of your benjamin franklin pillow Yo, your bling bling, hundred dollar. My mom, my mom brought this pillow. I don't even know where that woman found this. She <laughs> is so funny with her abundant stuff. She'd be like, "Yesterday, I found two quarters on the on the sidewalk in the parking lot or whatever." And she's like, "See abundance." And she had this pillow in her back room. Um, and I was like, "You know what?" I need some fucking abundance. I'm bringing this thing out. So yeah, I just, that's my house now. This pillow. It seems like the kind of item that, like that most people would have a reaction to in one way or another. Like that's something that you you go in the room and I would imagine that people comment on, Oh, all about the Benjamins or, Oh, you know, the hundred dollar pillow. Oh God. Well, I think my house is quite, people kind of walk in and they're like, because it's, it's kind of like a temple, at least the entry rooms are. Um, Cause I also work out of these rooms and I do massage in that room. So there's a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. So honestly, and the pillow is a new addition, but it's not on the top of the list of the the wow factors. I think oh, it's Oh, there's energy. many more you're saying. That's what it's I'm saying. It's a minor affectation. It's a vibrant space and there's a lot of energy. Are you in the same spot that I came and visited when I came to New Orleans? Yes, five years ago. Hell yeah. It's very, very different. And I have the whole thing to myself. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yes, because it turns out I can't really live with people (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I just don't fucking want to. I could empathize with that. I was talking to my friend yesterday about it. She's looking for her own spot in the Bay area, which is a very fraught subject, uh, as you know, full well. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you get to that age where you're like, man, Love my roommates, but I would really love being my own roommate right now, you know? I definitely see that at some point in my future. Yes. Um, I like this. I want my camera to be higher. 
Yeah. You would that be, yeah, would that be disruptive? I mean, I say we just keep rolling and the audience can see how you handle this. No pressure. All right. Great. Like what do you guys think tech- out there? Like, subscribe, comment. Is the new angle better than the old angle? Oh, oh my gosh. Responses come in here on the YouTube <laughs> Can I even pull pull this off? We did get a close-up on the tattoo on, on uh, her right side. I am getting these um, changed soon. Really? I'm really excited. Um, about that. There's an artist that does... Oh, I should totally like promote him right now. Give His name is Mo Amon. Mo M O E Amon A M O N. Look him up on Instagram. He does these really incredible tattoos and he he's really gifted with color. And especially getting color to pop and, and stay and shine on brown skin. Um which I think in the past has not been easy to find because whatever. So I don't know what he's going to do. I kind of told him some things that I like and we'll see. Okay. What's, uh, are you coloring it as the image itself going to fundamentally change? I think he wants to just go over it and do totally his own, totally different thing. And he's very very good at cover-ups. Okay. Was that something that you, you had like a desire to, to change what because you this is relatively recent right uh relatively i've gotten pretty much all my tattoos done in the last two years or something and it's crazy how they stack up but when Mm. you're living in new orleans like everybody is just covered in tattoos here so it's kind of a joke actually Mm. when you know when i first moved here it's just such a scene it's such a little bubble with its whole own little climate culture. So when I go back to Oakland, I kind of forget like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a New Orleans person now. <laughs> well, in well, that yeah. way, obviously I'm not from here, but like I got the look in a lot of ways. I mean, that's, it's interesting how much, like even, even for me now, when I go back to Marin and the little valley that I come from, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't like really my culture, even though it fundamentally there's stuff in my heart and like there's some really yeah. deep value, core values that come out of that place. But I know what you mean. Like you have that perspective shift where you you're like looking at it from the outside. You're like, oh, this is such this place, you know, and there's like a, you know, when you're in the middle of a culture in the middle of a place, it's kind of like, oh, this just is. It's hard to yeah. pull outside of it. Yeah, it's very trend. It's the trends, right? What's trendy? What is trendy? Tattoos. Okay. New Orleans is uh, kind of trashy. <laughs> I love it. I love that. It's so charming. Mm. That's I it- think. Sorry. Oh, I just think that's one of the most special things about it, and I think that is the reason why people come here. Because okay. they get to be trashy when they come and it's like, it belongs, we're for it, we thrive on it, we make our money on it. How how does the New Orleans grit differ from the Oakland grit 
in your experience? What is the Oakland grit? All the Oakland grit came to New Orleans. You think that's all what the it is? punks and all the fucking yeah, all the mm-hmm. I feel like alternative culture kind of dispersed, and a lot of people have come down here. Do you see a lot of Bay Area folk out there? There's a lot of people from California here. Yeah. The big diaspora of Bay Area creatives that have left or been forced out in the name of progress. Yeah. That old chestnut. That old chestnut. So now we can come here and gentrify it. There you go. The cycle continues. Yeah. So I got it. There's a word that I've been working with a lot lately. Okay. I'm curious to get your take on it. Uh, it's come up, you know, I've been doing like trauma therapy with my family, trying to heal some old mm-hmm. wounds and uh, working with a couple different people and <laughs> having fun there. Sorry, I have ADHD. You're good. Hey, if I've, you need a fidget spinner. Fi- let me get a little something so I can like chill. <laughs> Usually I just fold up like a piece of paper as tiny as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite fidgets, fidgets. But, fidget. Um, fidget Spidget finners. So what? what's the word? So we've been working with this word empathy. And... I think a, a lot of people have a lot of feelings about what that word means, which is kind of meta in itself. Um, and it's funny because as I was getting ready for this podcast, I was listening to a, a great podcast. Lex Friedman is one of my favorite podcasters. And he had this guy on who is like a former hostage negotiator and now Ooh. is a professor um, just in the art of negotiation and communication and empathy was like one of the central uh, topics in the conversation. So I just wanted to to kind of hear what <sighs> you think about that word. Oh, I lost you. I'm still here. There Someone you just um, called. Um, what, what does the word empathy mean to you? Woo, I feel like overwhelmed <laughs> just by being asked that question. Oh, yeah? Because, yeah, that's such a – it's – it's been a big uh, thing in my life recently. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I had to learn some hard, hard lessons about what empathy actually is and, and what it means and what it, where it belongs and where it does not belong. Um, I would describe myself as hyper empathetic and very, very sensitive so I I guess I just didn't really understand what it meant to mind my own fucking business. And not just like, oh, don't be nosy, don't gossip. Like, no, I'm not what you're feeling. You, what you're feeling is has nothing to do with me. Like, mm-hmm. to the extent that I didn't understand that has blown my mind. Now that I understand the other end of the spectrum, like how vastly different. It is, and so I've I've caused myself a lot of harm by being uh, by not having the boundaries that you should have, and by being too empathetic. There is a such thing, 
and society tells you that empathy is great and empathy is wonderful and empathy is like the best thing and you're a fucking saint and it's it's not true empathy Mm -hmm. is just a thing like anything else and it can be used for good or for evil um and i i do think unfortunately i did use it in a lot of of evil ways Mm. like uh i think for me the uh the Jedi, when I think about empathy, it, it's like uh, the force comes into play, you know, like the dark side versus the light side. I mean, it, communication in general, you know, as I, my life study of communication and interaction with people, so many of these tools that are so powerful in allowing us to connect and understand each other, you know, a lot of times are tools that, that, uh, sociopaths are able to employ to great effect and uh we all kind of have to wrestle with our methods and our own boundaries and um it's interesting i've been recently finding it really interesting just how charged that word is and i think you know i think for a lot of people it's very closely associated to uh sympathy you know, I, mm. I've had a couple people recently straighten out my understanding of those two words because I think they often get misconstrued or they get like uh, equated. A lot of people think that like empathy means that you have to feel what the other person's feeling. Uh, the description that I've been given recently that really stuck with me is more just being able to communicate to the other person that you understand that they're having a feeling that you understand that they're a human having a human experience doesn't mean that you have to like, uh, buy, you know, give into it or identify with it, but it's more just a lot of times when people come into these dynamics, they just want to be heard and, and felt like they were understood and you can, you know, you can Mm. move mountains a lot of times if you can get to that point. That's interesting. I don't agree with that. Okay. I think that that is closer to compassion. Okay. And I think that compassion is maybe the healthy form of empathy. Mm. I do think by definition, empathy is feeling what other people are feeling as if it was your own experience. And I'm not going to say that that doesn't have positive that can't be used in positive ways. I mean, that's what I've done my whole life. It's made me an incredible nanny. It's made me an incredible massage therapist. It's made me a really helpful friend and confidant and a really giving partner. Um, it's It works, but like what I read in one book that like having hyper empathy like for other people is only possible because you're taking away from the empathy that you would feel for yourself. And so I, I would, yeah, disagree. I think empathy is actually experiencing someone else's experience and not everybody is capable of that maybe. Um, so maybe they don't understand what it is, but if you're able to do it, I think, you know, the difference. Um, I can do it. I'm I'm not really doing it right now and it's a very <laughs> drastic difference in my lifestyle and so I'm just you learning. you're not feeling what I'm feeling right now. You're not experiencing my my feelings. No. No, not right now. <laughs> Probably not ever again. 
never again. <laughs> Except in very intentional ways. Mm. Like I do it in my massage practice. I, I definitely do it. Um, and I'm being paid for that because that is labor. Um, is empathy yeah, something think, that you can turn on and off like that? You can turn on and off anything if you have enough control and discipline. What can't you turn on and off? <laughs> we are the masters of the universe. Yeah. The internal I mean, universe. I'd, I'd like to think that, but I feel like uh, sensations seem to arise out of a void or out of nowhere. A lot of times, uh, you know, I'll have thoughts or feelings that are not necessarily connected to any specific stimulus. And so being able to turn that off to me seems like a, it, I've, I have never been able to get there, I guess is what I'm saying. I think turning something on or off has more to do with what we feed and what we give life to with our conscious acknowledgement of it. So if I'm feeling a response to feel someone else's feelings, I can practice to not react. And I think that with enough practice, you could get it to the point where you already know ahead of time that it has absolutely no power except outside of the power that you give it. And so like it's, it doesn't even warrant a reaction because it's completely benign. When, I think when you understand something at that level, then yeah, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to activate. And right now I'm not activating empathy. Mm. I'm trying to balance out the last 30 years of my life. But I think compassion is, is kind of the, um, the more evolved form of that. But maybe some people, you know, depending on where you're coming from, I think that empathy maybe might be necessary in order to balance out their personalities. You know, like you said, sociopaths. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about sociopaths um, mm -hmm. because, but um, I don't think they might not be able to have felt empathy, but you can develop cognitive empathy, which is, it's like I understand on an intellectual level, some uh, like a version of empathy. You're, and you're I think, talking about like emotional intelligence. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. Just like the logic of empathy. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you could call it emotional intelligence. <laughs> Sounds like a good book title, The Logic of Empathy. Yeah, maybe I'll write that one. Yeah, I would read it. Oh. Um, well, I think that kind of person needs empathy. Yeah. The logic. But I person. think empathy can lead to like martyrdom. Is that the word? Mm. It can make you, you know, be a martyr. And we celebrate martyrs and we call them saints and all that stuff. But it's actually a very violent thing to be if you think about it. Just the violence is turned inward. And so somehow it's not as bad. But I, I think that's just enables evil to happen you know on this planet yes such so much that shit anyways i could go on and on about empathy uh, a lot of feelings about it i have a lot of feelings about empathy that's a great uh it's a great sentence in itself that's my life is 
the, all the feelings. It's very exhausting. Wait, um, I'm, je- I'm jealous. I want my smudgy. I'm you didn't tell a, me. I'm in a cloud. Of, you got your Look, cloud. I got my cloud right here of sweet smelling Palo Santo. I'm jealous. Well, look, I brought. I have some essential oil next to We're me. We're here on the Smudge Podcast, giving you all of your scented needs. There we go. Aromatherapy. Yes. So I, I have another question for you. Is it, this is a left turn. We're gonna take. A, we're gonna. Take Sorry, a, I was such a downer about that. No, it's all good. My, it's interesting. I think in a, in a way, you proved my original point, which was that this word means some like so many different things to so many different people. So you can have a conversation about it, and depending on what that word means, it's gonna you're gonna have a, a different feeling about it, or it's gonna take. I think so often people get caught up in a conversation because they're using the same term, but they have a different intrinsic meaning. And so it's important to, to kind of almost in the rote fashion, sit down and like, you know, hash out, well, what do we mean when we say these words? Cause totally they admit, you know, you could be saying one thing and I could be thinking a different thing. And I'm like, we're arguing about a definition where, Oh, if I use a different word, yeah, that I agree. You know, like, happens um, all the time yeah that's very uh, counterproductive <laughs> exactly and that was one of the interesting things in this conversation i just listened to this negotiator guy was like talking about having a conversation with someone and the goal being like how do i get them to say that's right like that's like a moment in the conversation where then you can build on it's like how do i say something to you where you're like that's right like you understand or you get it like that's right you know, and uh, it's just, I just thought it was an interesting topic of discussion or conversation. And, um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, for those of you out there turn. just tuning in, um, <clears throat> last fall, I believe it was, me and Amethyst here made a music video. Yay! And I just found out last night that it was your first music video that you've ever starred in. Oh my gosh, Hobie, with the smudging. It's like becoming obsessive. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the thing about smudging is it very, very quickly can become an addiction. <laughs> um, it gives me mystique, I think, you know? It is. I like the vibe on, on the zoom shot. I'm trying to do what I can as a videographer. Like, even though it's my computer camera, I'm like, how do I make this three dimensional? How do I keep the viewer engaged? I like um, it. I like it. I just want to say, I just need to put this out there. Mm-hmm. I am wearing a shirt. I just want people out there to know that like, I do have a shirt on. <laughs> I'll put that. I can put that in the, uh, the show notes. Like disclaimer, <laughs> Amethyst definitely wore a shirt. Yeah, this whole. Thank you. Like I've been so self conscious about it this whole time. <laughs> you could back is... up. You could also back up a little bit because your I head's should... like twice as big as mine right now. Is it? That's what they used to call me, Big Head. I'm like when I'm I was like little. here. Yeah, there you go. Now we're about the same size. Okay, see this. Crowding me, girl. You're crowding me. I'm sorry. I just needed to feel superior. I mean, hey, if you want to be the, if, if that's like uh, what, what puts you 
you know, here on the Barcast, we're trying to always be empathetic towards our guest needs. And uh, okay, if you need to be the bigger face, like you can be the bigger face. Is this? Am I? Am I dressed? Can you see my clothes? I can see your clothes. Great. Nice. Okay, we line right there. Yeah. Um, um, we made I, a video, Hobie. We made a video. We made a really cool video out in the woods at my parents' house. I mean, on a really official set that we secured. Very official location. Um, Everything about this video is very official. Super. I mean, I think when it's released, it's going to say official video in parentheses. Ooh. It should. I mean, we filled out all the forms, so we must have gotten the certifications, you know? Exactly. Lots of licensing, lots of registration (laughs) fees, zoning permits. Mm. Um, But I wanted to ask you, maybe as a a launch pad, a springboard, if you will, what did it feel like to see yourself on the screen? (laughs) Oh my goodness. What did that feel like for you the first time when I sent you the video file? Honestly, still to this day, it's still a little like, whoa, because I mean, I have to admit that I'm a perfectionist. Uh, I'm working on it. And because this particular project, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. I just like saw it and I felt it and I hit you up and we did it. There wasn't like a lot of planning. There wasn't a lot of like, even like getting, getting ready. You know, we like the sun went down and we're like, shit, we got to do this like right now. So I was like, well, let me just throw this makeup on. The weather was acting a little like moist and my hair like did whatever it was going to do. And I kind of just, we had to be like, this is how I look. I'm pretty sure I'm an attractive person at this point in my life. So just let it be what it's going to be. And the song we recorded just like right before that. So like, because all these elements were kind of just on the spot and have a lot of control over them. So definitely initially seeing it was kind of like, whoa, this is this thing that in a way kind of, kind of defines me as much as like a work of art does and I have no control over it and the controlling mind wants to be like but this is good and this is bad and so it was definitely like shocking especially because I was in such a vulnerable place in my life so I kind of had to like put it away for a bit until like um I could create the container for it and so every once in a while, I would like watch it and I'd be like, oh, you know, this is pretty. It's pretty. It's its its own thing. And, and now I feel like I definitely have enough distance to be like, this is something that is enjoyable. But yeah, I, what was I going to say? Oh, and it was like the first time I had really been directed, you know, and, and I couldn't see myself. So I'm just like completely relying on you. And you're wearing like a million different hats and I'm wearing a million different hats. And so I think like, you were like, relax your mouth, you know? And like, this is what I do when I'm nervous. Like, I think we all kind of like, and so I definitely would notice. I noticed that, but what are you going to do? 
it's just, it is what it is. And so, yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I've done this with quite a few artists now and it's always interesting to me the way that people react to seeing themselves because it is, it can be disconcerting. It can bring up like a ton of emotions where you're like, Oh my God, that's what I look like. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all see that we all see each other, but we don't spend a lot of time seeing ourselves. Sorry, Uh, Hobie. I'm just a mess today. No. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, so I know that for pe- for a lot of people, it can it can bring up it can bring up strong feelings to suddenly see, especially when you're making art, you're singing. There's a vulnerability there. Um, it's actually I was really lucky, you know, because I've had in my in my career like certain bands that are like, oh my god, like I don't like the way I look, and that's your fault, you know, coming back at me, and I'm like, well, the cameras were rolling and it's you, you know, like, like there's only so much. This is your face. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, what you look like. <laughs> I was really lucky because the first couple videos I made were with the honey drops with Lesh and I'll never forget. He took me aside. You know, I was like having a lot of emotions come up around the edit, like similar to what you just talked about when you're like a director. And the first time you look at the, you know, what you've put together, the first edit, you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like, I'm such a failure. Like, what did I do? You know? And then figuring that out is how you make the final product. But I remember I was really struggling and he, I was watching it with him and, and, you know, uh, he was like, yeah, like he said something to me that's just always stuck with me where he was like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't like how I look in any of these shots, but I'm crazy. And like, that's just my head. And I trust you that you, that if you like it, that it's going to be good, you know? And when Mm. he said that, I was like, oh shit, like here's a guy who is going up in front of thousands of people constantly and his image is all over the internet. And like, there's, there's so much of his visage that is being experienced by people at any given moment. And if he could like confess to me that like, Hey man, I don't like any of this, but I'm going to, but, but, you would never know he shows up as a professional and he's able to like be himself. And um, I was really, what grateful. else is there to, to do? You yeah, know, totally. And I think, you know, my experience doing this show, putting my face out there again and again, this is what, you know, probably episode 70 or 71. I've done this. Whoa. Uh, I had to get, you know, I had to come to peace with seeing my face up on the screen and sharing it with people online and, you know, maybe looking foolish or silly or like an upstart or whatever you will. But it does, it's something that I've like just gotten really comfortable with and kind of the moments where I see myself and I'm like, Oh, I look like such a nerd or, Oh, like I look ridiculous. Like I like can see that now and be like, Oh yeah, I know that feeling. Like, I'm going to watch it pass by and it's only going to last for like 30 seconds and, you know, back yeah. to the pattern. It loses potency after a while. That was another reason why I wasn't, I was able to just like go with this. Cause I've, it's not my first time on video. Oh yeah. You know, grandma's, not, and grandma's house moving in with my grandma, the love story. Oh, I did do that. Video. 
Oscar worthy. I need to go back and watch that. That was how old was I? Maybe like 22. Young Amethyst. Yeah. There's, there needs to be a, like a seizure warning for the first like 30 seconds because it's all stuttery as like an effect. Yeah. You guys are like arguing or whatever, but uh, but you you killed it in that role. I wish that I could redo that now that I feel comfortable yelling at a man. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I could win an Oscar for realsies now. Well, maybe in the next video, you know? If Hey, out there, if you ever need someone to yell at your man or a man, uh-huh. hit me up. I'll do it for free, but I also accept Venmo, Cash App, <laughs> Zelle. whatever you, Zelle. Um, well, you know, trades. we're going to be, uh, me and Tony are going to be making some music videos here in the near future uh, as he launches his own <laughs> creative ship. And um, there's definitely some roles for some romantic interests in there, so... If the timing nah. works, a line. Do I get to yell at him is the question. Well, it's a collaborative experience, you know. We're open. Uh, what I'm saying is there may be an opportunity for just that, you know. Okay. He writes a lot of love songs and there's conflict in them, so. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Hit me up, Tony, <laughs> if, you're, if you're out there. I uh, hope you're doing well. He's crushing. Um, but... Yes. So what was I saying? What was the point of that? We were talking about your experience, like of being oh, yeah. the, you know, the star. Yeah. And, you know, singing, I've been in musicals. I have to watch all the footage of like gigs and stuff. And especially now with social media, you have to like fucking sell yourself essentially. And that's something that kind of ties into the, this whole thing that I've been thinking about a lot and it's just the making of yourself yourself into a product. Mm. And it's just something that I feel like we all have to come to terms with. There's really no way around it. If you want to be part of the world. If you want to be part of the world, you have to become a product. Yeah, you have you have to have a product and some people yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been interesting. And so I think like viewing the footage as a product instead of like my experience is kind of like how you have to do something like that. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful product that we've made. Yeah. I'm proud of it. I really thought that you did wonderfully with the lighting. Oh, that was the, that was my favorite moment of the whole shoot was when, uh, you know, we had a shout out Ryan Shaw house call recordings came out and you guys did a whole session inside. And, uh, you know, as the director, I, I tend to be, you know, pretty easygoing. And I think that there's times where I could be a little bit more assertive. That's what I learned in the shoot was that I could have maybe stuck up for the shooting portion a little bit more, but like you guys were feeling the room and he really wanted to get a clean recording inside. So we did that. And then by the time you guys were done and we came outside, it was like 
late twilight, you know, and I just remember yeah. this one moment I had built this whole kind of outdoor witchy woodland theme and it was like perfect and at this moment you came out and you're like but i want this i want the sunlight in the shot <laughs> i looked at you and i was like well uh it's gonna be a night video <laughs> you know yeah i definitely i remember that moment i was like i i thought you know i wanted it to be during the day and you were mm-hmm. just like it's a nighttime video yeah, and, I, yeah. and we kind of just like, there was no room to like, like, let me just go and raise the sun back up for you. It will, we'll, we'll run it back. And you know, on, that's, Hobie. I can move mountains, but I don't know if I can bring the sun back into the sky, at least in non song form. But, uh, but that's the thing is like, I think that part of doing this kind of thing is, is rolling with, rolling with the punches and part of being a director is like, like my goal was to balance the realism of the situation with the emotions of my performer and be like, yeah, like we had talked about doing it this way and that's a total valid, you had a very valid question, but I also was trying to be like the container of like, well, we're going to make this video and it's going to be really cool so we and already got the shit set up. Yeah. And it's going to be different than the original vision. But like, I really thought uh, that we nailed something super beautiful that, you know, that uh, is different than what we set out for. But that's, I mean, anyone who's into filmmaking will tell you like the thing that you set out to make is very rarely the thing that you're with at the end of the day. And that's, that's why it's such a cool human experience to go through it. For sure. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do a video. The way that we did it meant that we had to, we had to be very adaptive and we had to kind of just be more spontaneous. And like I said, that's kind of different than like how I like to make my art, but I think it's, it's special in its own way. Mm -hmm. And I do like the opportunity to learn to appreciate that because that's super important in life you can't plan everything out and to the extent that we can just like spin gold out of shit you know not that (laughs) there was any shit involved but Uh I mean I I had a lot of shit going on (laughs) but um, it's it's just like that defines I think who we are as people and artists and and our ability to be successful and to be honest. And you just looked amazing as well. I must say when you showed up to shoot, I was like, Oh damn, she's looking real good today. We're going to make something awesome. You know, I think you look so beautiful in this, in this video and uh, really just (laughs) owned, you know, the side of yourself that I've seen that I know is in you, you know, and that we've talked about in the past, but, um, you know, that it, it, it's something that I wanted to share with the greater community through this piece of art that we're making together. And, um, there is kind of that intuitive process. That's part of this of like, it's the same in the podcast. It's like, how do I bring some essential amethyst essence into the work, you know, uh, yes. manifest it in art so that people can taste the flavor. Mm. 
<laughs> um, shit, what was I just going to say? What did you just say? Repeat it back to me so I can remember. What, what did I just say? Yes. Just, you wanted to bring the flavor. I wanted to try to manifest, like, to, to bring this intrinsic part of you, this, like, essential amethyst essence that I know, that I've learned over years of, of being friends with you and our conversations, you know, that there's these things about you that I really love. And that's hard-earned knowledge that takes years of building trust and intimacy. And I want to be able to take that those elements and bring them into a piece of art to share with the community at large. That's do you what feel collabs- like you were able to do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, totally. What I mean, did we that were, like- it, it wasn't all me, but as the director, I was trying to set the stage <laughs> and do what I could with building the set and, you know, to allow you like there's what I can do in the background and visually. And that was, I was thinking about you as I was setting things up and then, you know, that's like building the stage so that the artist can come in and I'm like, so curious now what, what, Hmm. what were you thinking about me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I answer was, that to your comfort level. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, as I was looking around, you know, with the, the materials that we had on hand, because we didn't bring like a truck of props and set design, no. and we didn't have a stylist, and we didn't have an art director, and you know, all these roles. I was wearing all those hats, and I knew that we had, you know, a changing environment as the light waned. And I also knew, like, you know, both from our conversations and just understanding that you have this, like, beautiful witchy streak inside of you that uh, that isn't always, like, at the forefront of, like, what you're showing people that uh, you've just met. Or if you're in a situation where you're not 100% comfortable with someone, that doesn't always, like, that's a side that isn't always at the forefront being expressed. And so I was like, hey, this is it something that I've really bonded with Amethyst over because I have my own like weird North Bay hippie witchy bro side. And so as I'm building it, I'm like, okay, like let's I wanted to make like a like an altar to the the amethyst witch spirit. And uh I definitely think you nailed it. Like I think I gave you some candles some tea light candles and a bunch of red yarn and i told you that i wanted a circle of sticks and i wanted yarn hanging from the trees and intertwined in the sticks and you were like yep got it and i came (laughs) back and you had done like five times more than i even had imagined it was just like you're like i know exactly what you want i was like he gets me. <laughs> yeah, the red yarn yeah. was a super cool. Uh, like, I remember you were like, I want this video to feel like red. You know, I want to have red be a central theme, uh, which was interesting to me. You know, when you hear about people's colors, we all have like our colors. And um, I, that was something I learned about you as we were talking about the video. You're like, I've been really like in a red phase, you know? 
And so <sighs> as it happened, I had these lights that were red lights that I was going to throw on you anyways. And then um, I really liked how, you know, we have all these earth tones, sticks and leaves and wood. And the red. We were under like a this, red wood tree. We were under a red wood. Exactly. And so then we got to like, it was like everything was natural. And then the one man-made thing was, you know, this red yarn that, that got arranged. And um, I love that. Design and it was really fun. Yeah, you nailed it. Sorry, you totally you, nailed it. What were you going to say, though? I was going to say even the yarn is pretty fucking organic. And I think that is what was is has been so challenging. You asked earlier, but like, how did you feel watching it? How do you feel about the thing itself? It's just so vulnerable. There's not like lights and fancy whatever. It's just like sticks and acoustic guitar and voice and red yarn. And that is it. There's nowhere to hide anything. And I've heard from many people that that is a big part of what is beautiful and striking about me. And it's playing back into the empathy thing. It's, it's something that like, I've, I think I have to learn how to wield, like being so like having everything right on your sleeves can bring up a lot of challenges, but it's also like incredibly beautiful if you're in an industry where you're trying to get people to feel and express and you're trying to feel and express. So I think, I guess the feelings that I had about it are um, even me, you know, me being like, whoa, this is who she is. Like, this is so intense to be like right up on her, like in her. It's like, it's a lot. And yeah, I think just the setting really left a lot of space for me to fill it up with the song. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. but you crushed the performance. Like you were so, I think you came off with so much power and so much like, even as you're being vulnerable, there's these moments as I was, because I watched it a hundred times in the editing process as I'm looking back, I was like, oh, she knew right what to do with this line or this look on her face when you say this line. You know, I'm like, okay, Amethyst is a performer. Like, there's some people that get up there and they don't know how to be. And I can tell all your years of developing your performer aesthetic, like that stuff just takes over. And you were just, you know, I gave you some direction, but a lot of it was like, you knew exactly what, you know, how you wanted to say what you wanted to say. And uh, I think that totally comes through on this video. You know, there there is a story that's being told lyrically, but also with your affect and your face and it shines. Thank you. Thank you. And a lot of that, I mean, there is a level of like performance experience that is helpful. Just, I guess, kind of more in terms of like staying grounded and not letting like the energy or the nerves like disrupt the flow. I think that was helpful, but like I wasn't planning or thinking at all except besides like breathe, relax, like channel essentially. Like I just 
I'm just all feelings. Hobie, I'm just, I'm just all feelings. And, and I think that really comes through when you watch me do like an intimate performance like that. It's like, you know, there's not a lot of like thought going into that. A lot of feels. It's all the feels. Well, that was something um, that, that was, well, thank you for sharing that. And I, I see you, I, uh, I, I see you, I see that and whew, uh, I'm exhausted. I, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> I was just talking to my stepdad about that. Like, it's a lot to feel. It takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And a, lot of us, a lot of us sensitive folk, uh, get overwhelmed. And I try to explain this to people that creativity takes a lot of energy and a lot of us feel really strong and I might have a whole day where I'm just like feeling stuff and then I don't get anything done because it's so much energy just to go through the feelings. Uh, yes. And doesn't always work on a nine to five grid, but, um, but I experienced that definitely, you know, after we made the video, after it was done and I was trying to be, I was trying to understand, you know, your feelings of experiencing it and needing time and space to let it breathe. And, uh, you know, that was kind of, I think part of my intuition in the process was to gently like poke and, and, and push. And then also to like, let go because I did have this feeling at a certain point of like, okay, like amethyst will come back to me when she's ready to put this out. And, uh, I think that's an important part of the process too, is like, how do we offer this up to the world? What's, you know, I want your experience of getting to share it to be really positive. So, um, you know, we get in our heads, this attachment to like, Oh, I want to put it out right away. I'm so excited about this. Let's just do it. I felt that. And, 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 you know, as your friend wanting to like, from, from a loving place, like push you into that growth phase of like, Hey, it's uncomfortable. Let's just do it. You know, but also be at the same time sensitive to like, Hey, my friend maybe is on a slower track with more processing to be able to have, you know, the type of experience they want to have in releasing it. And, you know, I'm here for all of that. I really appreciate you respecting the way that you did like, what I had to do for my, for the art piece itself, because it required a a really, a really strong container. And it kind of took everything that I had to be able to find, you know, like imagine like, Oh, we're talking about nests since you made me a little nest. Imagine like a bird that has to go out and like gather every little twig and like weave them all together to create, this nest that's going to be like where she raises her family and does all her things or he or whoever the fuck. Um, that's, you know, what I had to do with this piece. And, um, I had to be unattached to time and I needed the person that I was collaborating with to also do that. And I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you trusted that I was going to, you know, I was going to come back to you and be like, Hey, it's time. We did an awesome thing and it deserves to live. And it's time for it. It's the gestation gestation period is, is up because, um, 
this, the time, I think, I don't know. I don't want to say it's this song or this video, but that process that I was going through at the time that I, we were making this was a huge initiate initiation for me. You know, like I feel like I've recently stepped into a different gate in terms of like just development of the soul and so that's another reason why this video has been kind of epic and has required a lot of space because it, it's containing that 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 stepping through that gate and like initiation is a is a challenge and it's kind of a messy process and it's very intense and like specific to the person that is going through it you know, so it's, yeah, it's really special that you were able to hold space for that process. And I hope you know that that's, that you're very gifted to be able to do that. Oh. So it was yeah. my pleasure <laughs> and, and a learning experience for me too. You know, the, the, <clears throat> there's something about this kind of work, you know, working with artists especially people that have created like music videos in themselves, right? I'm working with a musical artist who has created something that's from source, you know, that's just like when it's first out, it's almost like halfway in your heart. And then it's like sticking out of your chest. And there's like a, there's like this shard that's going still wedged in your heart. And you have like part of it that's being touched by the world and so you're feeling Ugh. it like move in your heart as it's being played around with by the community. And Ugh. so then I have to take that and, and we're going to make something that's my art with it, you know, that's our art with it. And, you know, when you're working with someone who's got that, that thing sticking out, uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot from, you know, the different artists that I work with where, there's times where it's like you have to realize, and I think this is part of the role of director. This is what fault in my mind, the director that I want to be. There's an element of that is that it's just like understanding that like I'm dealing with this human who is, has like this thing that's sticking out and it's very, I've done this enough times now both with podcasting and my putting music videos out and working like where I still feel that feeling, but it's, it's not so all encompassing because I've done it a bunch of times and I'm a little desensitized to it, but I still have to remain empathetic to the artists that I'm working with to understand that like, Hey, for them, this is a really big experience and I want to try to be supportive of that. And it's part, it's a part of this process that I really enjoy and that I love is that human aspect. I think it's what makes me different than maybe some other directors is like, I like the human element of like, let's get messy. Let's work with it. Luckily in this context, we didn't have a deadline. We didn't have uh, someone from a label or from, a company that was putting up money saying like, no, we got to put it out now. We got a campaign to run, you know, 
Um, and, you know, I took, was able to take a step back and look at what was motivating me to want to put it out and, and then look at you and understand like where you were coming from and be like, yeah, like I trust Amethyst that she's going to know when the time is right for her. And, and, uh, and I have enough of things going on in my life to be like, okay, I can shelve this for now. And I'm like, I feel good about it. Like I was totally prepared for it to never get released. And I still felt good about it. I was like, we still need a really cool (laughs) piece of art. Um, And, and then it was joyful when you came back around, like in a way you got to go do your own voyage with it. And then when you came back to me, it was like from a place of strength, like I'm claiming this, I'm releasing it. I'm building the release container. I'm ready to do it. And like, I saw, I see you in a much more empowered place around that as you're getting ready to release this piece. Yes. Yes. To all of that. (laughs) Um, And I will say um, another reason why that I did want to mention why, you know, the period between filming it and then releasing it, which will be March 27th at the Mudlark Theater in New Orleans. Uh, Follow me on Instagram and I will let you know. It's going to be a bunch of music and poetry and film. And then also this video will be aired and then I'll release it on the 28th officially, officially. Um, What's your Instagram handle if people want to follow you? A star music with two R's and um, but yeah, one of the reasons the maybe the gap seems long relatively is also I never to this day, I have never played that song live. And I, I don't think I ever will. Um, so a lot of songs that you go and record for an album or you, you make a video for you have like dozens and dozens of experiences of playing them live and like tweaking them and changing them and adding all these memories and moments and different people and their energy and arranging. I I didn't arrange this song. I, you know, had barely finished writing it. The, the moment the recording it that day and doing the video was, you know, how it's kind of was like my first time. So you know, it just, it, that's why I needed more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, I, I mean, think. it doesn't get any rawer than that, you know? Exactly. Which is why also it took me, I think, so long to be able to, to view it as its own thing. I didn't have the distance that it needed. It was like, yeah. So, and I'm, I've never, like I said, I'm a perfectionist. I've never just like, then like somebody make me a really nice video that I'm not going to think about or plan at all. And that I'm going to show people and it's going to be very meaningful to me. So yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, I think that all that is very important and is a very, there's a lot of truth in what you just said. And I think that the experience of putting out content, this is a double-edged sword 
obviously, but I choose to see it as a really liberating thing in the modern creator space, what it means to be a creator uh, these days. I think maybe it could, that could be a useful synonym for when you, you know, to you referring to everybody as a product. I, I, I think that I could say the Creation. same thing, use the word creator. Cause I think that that is what, what we have the opportunity to be not just a product, but, but also a creator. Um, it's true. And part of that process, at least for me has been to let go of my emotions around my, what I produce, what I create, uh, once I release it. So it's like, I go through the emotions and the edit and I have all these feelings. And then it's almost this like ritualistic process of like, then it gets put out and then I get to be really judicious about how much I want to feel about it. And I let go of it. And I I almost feel like, you know, this is philosophy now, but once I put it out there to the world, I abdicate all control and all like I don't get to say what the piece is anymore it's up to the audience to decide what it means to them and mm-hmm. in doing that it's allowed me to it's like this this emotional experience that you just like explained it's is is awesome it's like beautiful and that's that's something that I'm really glad that you had and that I myself have had in making art but if you're trying to make a career out of doing this thing, it's a lot of energy, right? A lot of energy that goes into feeling all the feelings and making all the stuff. And for some artists, maybe that's the path. Like that is the work is like having those feelings and going through it. And you make one piece uh, every year or six months. And and that's beautiful. I'm not, not judging that at all. I think that's really, everybody has their own place. But I found that for myself, trying to put out a podcast every week uh, I or, or trying to make like videos for businesses and individuals and do it over and over again and really get efficient and refine my process down. I had to figure out a way to go to have the, that emotional process baked in uh, at a level where I wouldn't have to spend so much energy every time digging into my more existential stuff. I have plenty of space to do that in my life in other contexts, but when I'm creating now, being able to like make the piece, put it out and move on to the next thing has allowed me a, a freedom, uh, you know, that keeps me kind of, keeps my energy focused on creating rather than on, you know, being affected every time. I, I don't know if this, any of this makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. It's, just, um, it's something I've learned in doing this and that I, you know, my brother, Tony, very similar to you in that regard where he hasn't, you've, you've put out more content than my brother has, and he's now gearing up to, to start releasing music. And I'm so excited for him to get to go through that first one. And yeah. Have all it's those the first feelings. video because you don't have anything else. And this just, this one thing totally. is defining you. Exactly. So to have something like this be my first video, is kind of just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but you know, 
but also like fuck yeah like i you know if that's your first i think it's a pretty strong first video and uh you know i think we 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 gave you a very high death high quality you know piece of that's beautiful content to to you look at some of these people's firsts and i think we we pulled something really special off i agree i agree definitely agree do you have any more questions for me about it or yeah i'm just curious let's do a little role play here um Mm. (laughs) let's say i'm like i'm your homie sensitive creative artist i've been making music for years and i've decided that uh now i'm ready to make a music video and i just saw that my friend amethyst put out this awesome video that's got me so inspired and i call you up and i'm like yo amethyst how like how do i do this like do can you give me any advice to how i can make something as cool as you just made what would what would that what would your answer to that be it's someone who wants to do a video yeah. And they're asking me, they saw my video and they're like, I want to do that too. They're looking for some guidance from a professional now season experience. Just fucking do it. I mean, do, do the actions of doing it. There's not, I don't know. I, let me like think about what I'm saying before I start talking. <laughs> um, no, I'm just going to feel it. Yeah. I mean, I would say just be authentic and just, you have to trust that. That, I don't know if that's the best advice I could give because you authenticity is like acceptable, you know, like I, you can accept that you have to accept that if you want to like, that's what life is, the acceptance of authenticity. Everything else is like delusional. And a lot of us live in delusions. We all do. So I, I just think like if you want to make your video and you, you just do do you. you do. And if it sucks, like what's the worst going to happen? What's going to happen? Someone's not going to like it. You're not going to like it and deal with it. We don't it have could to be like awesome and everything. you're not going to like it. You know what I mean? So that's, that gets back to that, that line where it's like, you don't really get to decide like you can like it or hate, love it or hate it. But I feel like that's something I've really learned about this process is like my least favorite podcast that I've ever done could be someone else's the one that really connects for someone. You know, I don't get to say how people experience my art. You know, I can try to make an effect happen, but once I put it out there, it's not really my place to tell people how to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think just being honest is kind of the the most important thing, trusting the process. And then I would say, you know, find somebody that you enjoy working with, you know, because I mean, that makes a difference in terms of your experience. Um, Yeah. That's truth right there. 
it uh that thing that you said about authenticity it reminds me of like there's like a really good Chappelle quote like Dave Chappelle quote where he's giving advice to young stand-ups and he said uh you know everybody's like obsessed with like trying to be really funny like go out there on stage make people laugh and he said i would advise like rather than trying to be funny try to be interesting because it's hard to be funny and you may or may not succeed you don't know what the crowd's going to be like that night but if you can be interesting you're going to hold everybody's attention and the funniness will come out of that and i think that the same thing is true with authenticity as a you know sort of creative lighthouse as you're sailing these waters it's kind of what I try to point to with the stuff that I make. It's like, there's no other guiding force than other, there's no other guiding force other than trying to be my authentic self. And that's what I'm most afraid of when I'm making this kind of stuff is like, am I going to come off fake? Uh, That's what I try to avoid. And everything else is going to come out the way that it does. But if I can be authentic, then I feel like I've succeeded in some small way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Like, if everything fails and all came to ruin, at least it was authentic. I think it's kind of like the redeeming, the true redeeming quality of an experience. Like, at least, you know, at least it was truthful. I don't know. At least shit was real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, Amethyst. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on my uh, my podcast here and for reaching out to me and being not only not only reaching out to me to make the video in the first place, which I was very honored to do with you, uh, to be given the like the honor of taking something that you wrote and got really real about and making something out of it, but also, you know reaching out to me again and being like, Hey, I want to come on and talk about this thing. It feels so good to me when people want, like want to come on the show. Cause so often my experience is like hitting people up and being like, yo, come on my show. So when people hit me up, it feels really good. And, uh, and just, I love seeing you in this state right now where you're like getting things done and executing and got your show planned. I wish I could be there. Um, yeah. And I can't wait. Uh, for the official release so I can share it with the world and throw it out there. You've done your time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Been a good boy. (laughs) To my best, you know, my best. Well, I I appreciate you Amethyst and I'm proud of you. And I hope that your release is just fills your heart to bursting. It's our release. Our release. Our release. Yes. I'm excited. I'm really happy that I got to share this with you. Who knew? Right. (laughs) Now we did a thing. We did a thing and it's like a, it's a chapter in our friendship. That's really awesome. That that was the other thing I wanted to say is like, what's like a bad video or a bad piece of art to you today in 20 years is going to be gold. Like if you go back and look at the stuff that you made that you were embarrassed by as a kid 
when you're like 50, you're like, man, that, that was sick. You know, like I think about like an album that I recorded with my band in 2015. And I was so embarrassed by some of the stuff that I played on it. And now like seven years later, I'm like so fired up about it. I'm like, that shit was sick. Like all my mistakes, whatever, like time mutes all that. And I think that, uh, as we move through life, you know, we have this thing that we've done together now that we get to look back on and decades from now, it's going to still exist. And it's something that we'll get to experience again in the future and feel different ways about, you know? Yes. It's cute. It's beautiful. It's nice. What other words can I use? There's so many like symbolisms and ideas that I have about this video that we did not talk about, but I guess I'll have to write a short essay on them, which honestly I'm considering doing. Um, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we kept it real and kept it real for, for all those listening and watching out there. <laughs> we probably should say what the name of it is so that people can find it. <laughs> No, that's too obvious. We need to make them. <laughs> okay, the video, the song is called Fool. F-O-O-L. Not like full. Um, and yeah. Oh, do we want, can you give the credits? Can you do that? What do you mean the credits? Like y- your company, how who recorded oh, yeah. it, where yeah. it was recorded. So we it was recorded, and I'll put this in the show notes, but Ryan Shaw. Shout out House Call Recordings came and did the audio in Bellinas at my parents' house. And then I, I shot and uh, directed, produced, edited um, a, a, with some help oh, from wow. my uh, my Dutch, my Danish friends. We didn't even mention that. I had a couple. That's what I'm saying. There's so many things. Yeah. I got to hang out with your family. You got to come chill. I think my mom did a dinner. little fussing over you. I know. We had dinner. We had dinner. And yeah, that was a cool thing. I had a couple of Danish friends from my time living in Denmark come out and visit. Actually, this guy, Peter, shout out Peter, uh, that I started a company with way back in like 2011. And he came out and I was like, hey, you guys are traveling around. You want to be part of a music video too? And so they helped me moving things and and breaking down. They were super helpful. Like it would have been so difficult without them. And that was another thing. It was like totally unplanned. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It all, it all adds in and they have that story now, you know, that they get to tell to people. And uh, I got to remember to put them in the credits on YouTube too. Um, But uh, so yeah, Amethyst star fool live release on the 27th yes at the mudlark at the mudlarks new orleans louisiana and then the the world (laughs) premiere online will be the 28th is that correct yes awesome so all y'all out there sorry what were you gonna say nothing (laughs) all y'all out there go check out amethyst a star music Yes, on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug or promote before we go? Hmm. 
I will say I'm playing at the Mudlark on the 27th. On the 17th, though, I'm playing with Kumasi, which is an Afrobeat band here in New Orleans at Maison on Frenchman. And we're starting at 10 and we're going to a close. Super fun, super upbeat, 15-piece Afrobeat orchestra. Um, and then on the 29th, I will be singing some songs in like a... It's called Songs for the People. And it's hosted by um, Saria Eden. Eden, I think, is how you pronounce it. I got to ask her. But that's at the Den, the Howlin' Wolf. And it's going to be, it's for Women's History Month. And it's going to be four of us just singing songs, going down the line, sharing songs back and forth. And it should be really sweet. Uh, so that's another thing I'm doing this month. And. Yeah. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you, Amethyst. I love you. Thank you for coming on. I'm happy we made this. And uh, everyone go check out Amethyst. Follow her on Instagram. If you're in New Orleans, go check out her shows. Uh, thank you, everybody out there, so much for tuning in. We love you. Peace. Peace. Peace.